0: So welcome to another edition of the CUSP Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast, where we talk about the business of sports and kind of the business of life as well, and how we kind of get along in our daily jobs. I'm the Joe business Favarito. of life. The that sounds of life. big. The business of life. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So I'm Joe Favorito, my co-host Tom Richardson, and we're going to do what we call a mini-cast as we reach the end of the school year, and we're going to be joined by our soon-to-be graduate at some point, I guess, recently employed. Right? Uh Maurice Eisenman, thanks for coming along, Maurice. It's always
1: a pleasure. It's a pleasure being behind the mic. It's a pleasure being with you guys on the mic. So
0: Tom, Tom, we see the volatility in the industry that we're in. And now, as I said, we get to the end of a school year where you see people looking for jobs, people of a certain age as a lot of businesses come to the end of their quarter losing their jobs as we've seen Mm -hmm. in places like Fox and ESPN and Time Inc. Um, And we thought it would be good just to talk a little bit about the life experiences that we've seen the advice maybe that we can give uh and some of the you know the outreach that that we've seen even over the course of a year as this crazy industry continues to be very very fluid uh and how people should adapt how students should look for jobs mm-hmm. uh and what you kind of tell people especially as you're advising a lot yeah, of students now on the career coaching right yep. so take a well, shot well i think you
2: just used a word I, uh that i was going to bring up um to, to start my comments, and that is adapt adaptable or adaptability. And that is kind of in these tumultuous times that, that we are in, and this is a universal issue in all of business, I think professional life, is that adaptability is critical because I think all of us have to assume that it won't be business as usual six months, 12 months down the line. So I think everybody needs to think, be thoughtful about that to actually consider what things could look like like if it changes or if it ends or if there needs to be an adjustment made in kind of your path. <clears throat> and frankly, a lot of people, particularly corporate people, don't think about it that much. Mm-hmm. They, they make the incorrect assumption that things will just go on. Well, for the worlds that you and I run around in, let's uh, focus specifically on media, marketing, communications. Um, it's incredibly tumultuous. And I think the default view of the world should be it's going to change your position will change, your position may be at risk, and you've really gotta be mindful of the fact that you have to always be thinking about what you can do, how you can adapt to the market conditions, think about other jobs you can do that are not necessarily the same as the one you're in right now.
0: And I, I, it's funny, I've now, I I was shocked to realize that it's gonna be 10 years that I've been in a pool that I never thought I was going to jump into, but it kind of chose me in the consulting pool. Um, And you see the recent layoffs, and we'll touch on ESPN briefly, Uh, but I've seen it with other people who are young people getting into an industry and are passionate about something, and people who are 30s and 40s and 50s and even some in their 60s who suddenly reach a point and their identity is attached to their job. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really troubling to me. I saw a lot of the reports, and we touched briefly about Danny Canal and some of the other people, where you're so-and-so from somewhere. And it's not really true anymore. Your personal capital is so important. Uh, And we tell everybody in our classes, and I always ask the question, you know, people talk about Barry Bonds, and what was Barry Bonds convicted of? Everybody puts their hands up, it's steroids, which is not true. He was convicted of perjury. Mm -hmm. But his personal capital, because he was a bit of a jerk to the media, didn't go as far as other people who, like Andy Pettit in baseball, Mm -hmm. who was given another chance because he was a reasonably good guy and kind of came clean. In our business... I think you see especially senior executives or people who built up some human capital in one place, they're so tied to that job and that I, that lifestyle. The identity, right. The identity. And it, it kills you when you don't have it anymore. And I think the stuff you do away from your, your full-time job – and the things that you do to make you who you are are so much more valuable today than they've ever been before. Maurice, what do you think about
1: that? Yeah, I mean, I can, I can give a great example. Uh, last, a couple of weeks ago, we had Seth Everett on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously from radio, um, but he realized that his industry is going to be disrupted. So what a lot of people unfortunately with the ESPN layoffs found out later was oh my industry is getting disrupted I might not have a job now maybe I'll lose my job in 5 years but at some point there's a chance I'll lose my job even I'm even if I'm very qualified. So what he did is he found he found podcasting, he found live streaming. He has these transferable skills. He's a very he's a very good person. He's a learner. Exactly. But he has these skills which he can use in the disruptor itself. Mm-hmm. So just to use the ESPN example, so all these jobs were lost. Well, we just had an announcement from Twitter with New fronts. they're having a 24-7 channel with Bloomberg, they're having all these new shows. These are all opportunities. So maybe not now, It may when the next wave of OTT and live streaming comes, there are all these opportunities.
2: But Joe, it relates to this idea of paying attention to the big picture trends in the market you're in. So I would argue that the individuals at ESPN at all levels and all parts of the business, not just talent, if they're looking at what's really happening out there, in in their case, Disney's case, you're looking at declining subscription uh, levels, uh, you're looking at a tightening in the market for advertising, and you're looking at uh, increasing costs on the expense side in terms of rights, et cetera, honestly, a a reduction in, in talent, Uh, workforce Mm -hmm. should not have been a surprise to anybody and it actually was it's not like this is a big mystery because it's it's quite actually it's pretty simple in in a certain way and by the way whether you are
0: a plumber an air traffic controller um, you know a book publisher every industry has gone through this absolutely
2: there's a version of this in every industry
0: and and you have to learn I, I think when you're out there at any stage thinking that what's gonna come next and we talk a lot about churn in the in the consulting business and one of the problems when people get into something that's a non-traditional environment is they put their head down and they do one thing and they get to the end and suddenly there's nothing else Mm -hmm. and that's not really the way life works if you're a parent if you are a coach if you are something else you're you're juggling all these different things and you really have to start thinking about how you do that in business as well to figure out where you're gonna keep going and you can't just settle anymore for you know this is the way the life is going to be. Right,
2: but but I think life did work that way mm. for the vast majority of business employees and, right. and workers for many many decades. That's just not true anymore. So this idea of uh, paying attention, being adaptable, always anticipating what's coming in terms of the changes is critical. And I and I joked on Twitter. Uh, and I didn't. And I, I, I can't really say joked, but I made the point about, after the ESPN announcement, about how, gee, it's interesting that you never hear about Facebook laying off talent, <laughs> because the talent is us, right. and we work for free. Right. But that is not a new insight by me or anybody else following media. Yep. It's the reality of the modern media market that the premium on, quote, on-air talent is not what it once was. So those individuals really have to rethink of how they reposition themselves mm-hmm. in a world dominated by, uh, largely by user-generated content. And, and Maurice, we joke a little bit about how, you know, you're kind of a newbie, but
0: you're not. You've been around and you've, you know, as people have learned who listen to our podcast, produced hit records in Japan and, you know, played soccer at Yeshiva and, you know, have been around various industries. When you look out now as you're getting to the end of this stage of your career, uh, your educational career, but now going into the business community... Um, who are some of the people that you've learned from, especially recently? And what have you learned that was different at the beginning that that, that has changed since you got
1: here? So, I'm not saying this because I'm on the podcast. Here comes but a sucker. I would, I uh, no, I would obviously mm. say, say both of you, and I'll have a particular reason why, why for for each of you. Um, Joe, I would say for you, because I think one of the messages that you told in the beginning, obviously the telling of stories, um, which is something that Tom also told, which I'll get to in a second, but also. Um, kind of like you open my eyes like you have PR which is something that a lot of people think about PR firms they don't think about it being an integral parts of sports of any industry in particular it's just so that of the sports industry and any industry is usually a lot bigger than you think it is so sports industry isn't just teams it isn't just leagues it's these it's their it, their PR they're PR firms they're in their PR people working at the companies so you have all these kind of jobs that are in. Inte- so are integral to the industry. So that's first, and I think that helped me learn a lot, like maybe I should expand my offering a little bit. And then when it comes to Tom, you know, I learned also that, but also how it's important when you're looking to get into the industry and when you're looking to grow uh, to grow yourself uh, into something that can be attractive for for an employer is to do a lot of work, Apartment, not just GSD, you know. Hmm. Um, I write a lot, work work on jobs that might not be the best, that might not be the most attractive, just to get those hours and just to get that experience. And, and yeah, and doing that, you know, writing on myself, you know, trying to, to brand myself out, working on, on small consulting things that might not be the most glamorous things, working, you know, volunteering even. Mm-hmm. Those are all things that can get you in the industry and can make you more attractive to employers. And, and I'm happy that, that it worked. It works. Yeah,
2: actually, let me just jump on that sure. point because you remember how we ended the digital class in the fall about the one word from growth hacker marketing, failed. the idea of mindset,
1: mindset, yeah, right. And so that failed. Uh, okay. it was with an M. Yeah, <laughs> well, it
2: was, it was a while back, but this idea of having this this mindset, which I think is critical right now, more critical than ever. And what does that mean? It's a mindset of being open minded, of of being. Adaptable, of being curious, of being smart in the way you approach all the things you're working on and looking at. And that's what employers want, is someone with the right mindset. The skills, in certain cases, the skills can come later. But that mindset right now, especially in the disrupted business world we live in, is so critical. And if an employer senses someone doesn't have it, I may be a little bit biased on this because it's something I've always looked at, just going back into the early digital days. Then, um, if I were hiring people, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want them working for me mm. if they had the wrong mindset. So it's really kind of an, uh, an attitude you bring to the work and an idea that you're going to be part of the solution, not part of the problem.
0: And Tom, you've now worked with a lot of students here on campus, but you also, like me, have a lot of friends in the, in the marketplace who are trying to figure it out at all ages, mm-hmm. men and women. You know, has anything changed, or have you seen kind of a revolution in the last year that? Surprised you about how people are attacking jobs or positions, and what's succeeding, and what's not succeeding. And what do you tell people? Yeah, when, I think Maurice, when, is when you see they're example, going down the wrong path.
2: I, I, basically, one of the pieces of advice I give to everybody is practice what you preach. If you're talking about marketing communications, which is this idea of content marketing. In this case, you are the product. Right. So what does that mean? Well, you can show someone a resume or someone a someone a bio. That's fine for some context. But what do you actually know? What are you thinking about? What are you, what, are your, what are you obsessed with? What are you thoughtful about? And there are ample opportunities to do that. So in these seminars I've done about presenting yourself in, in uh, digital media, talk a lot about LinkedIn. We talk a lot about Twitter personal websites, etc. Even the way you do your emails. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, Joe, you can appreciate this. Twitter is an example. I mean, I say it all the time. If you look at someone's Twitter feed, you get a pretty good idea, assuming we're leaving out personal stuff and politics right. and things like that, but you get a pretty good idea of what the person's paying attention or thinking about. It doesn't mean they're the, a perfect person for, for what you need, but it gives you an indication of where their mind is at and also the way they express themselves of uh insights that they may have and and i encouraged this with maurice i remember maurice back in <laughs> september the first career advisement point we had i knew that he was pretty expert on esports having done was it a thesis uh, yeah, yeah. I and so, some work in the industry by and time, I'm, so. i think i said something effective well you should you should share that with everybody and he started and i remember it was this kind of happened real time during the fall digital class he started doing some essays on LinkedIn. Well, I mean, yeah. you can tell the story better than I, so why don't you, because you, suddenly you were now interfacing yeah. with industry people because of that. So
1: I wanted to switch from the music industry, particularly into the esports industry. I did some work in it, but not nearly enough. Um, and kind of talking with Tom, talking with others at the program, really realizing it's important to brand yourself out, you know, bring your re- release the, the ideas that you have to the public, because otherwise no one's gonna know. Um, so I I wrote some essays, wrote some think pieces on esports. You know, really worked on 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 my personal branding, and that I got feedback from you know some of my heroes in the industry. You know, some of the people that that have made the industry and have made it possible that that I I that I can actually enjoy esports on the scale that it is now, and that's obviously amazing to get that direct feedback from those people on it. And it also it has led to to tremendous opportunity, and it has led directly. To, to my new position because um, my new ju- my new boss, he, he reached out to me from reading one of my earlier pieces saying, hey, I read this piece, mm-hmm. let's talk. I'm in New York next week. And,
0: and the interesting thing is, and Tom, you and I see this all the time, is kind of the personal capital that you bring with you is amplified because of how you engage kind of this dogged determination of getting things done or helping build your brand. And it's not boasting, saying, hey, you know, I just had this for breakfast. It's engaging in conversations and then inserting yourself in conversations where you don't really know who you're reaching sometimes. Right. Um, you know, the, the other part... And we're the, all trying to help each other right. learn. Right. And I and think that's, that's a big part of it. That's one reason yeah.
2: why social media yeah. is so critical because, as I joked before, it's not joked, it's, it's true. It's user-generated content. So when I look at my Twitter feed and I see something from you, I know I want to pay attention to it or for Maurice or the other people I follow. I don't pay anything attention to Maurice, <laughs> uh, Or at least uh, pretend I pay right, attention. Right, exactly. Um, but the idea is that we're, we're, we're trying to nourish one another. And when I look at someone's Twitter feed or LinkedIn profile who's allegedly in the marketing or communications business and they're not doing any of that, I, I do think less of them professionally because mm. they're not doing something that's really fundamental, which is being an active member of the community. Uh, where there are these platforms to share, help one another that we didn't have growing up.
0: And it's funny, recently when you talk about sharing and helping each other, uh, we were both at an NYVC sports event at Players Tribune, and several of the people who've worked for teams and leagues, including Alan Houston, got up there and talked about love Mm -hmm. and the value of how much, not how much you love your job, but how much you love being around the people that you're working with. And it's not the people, you know, he talked as much about Jeff Van Gundy who coached him in, 2000 and 2001, as he did about players for playing for the Westchester Knicks now. And right. I think that there's, there's a community, and when you lose your job, or you think something's going bad, you think you're out there all alone. And I've told, now I'm almost counseling someone every day about, you know, I'm no longer this from this place. And you think you're out there alone, when you're in reality, if you ask the right questions, and if you figure out how you can kind of engage yourself in a conversation, People will go and help you. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people say, well, they're never going to help me because I'm no longer from there. Well, if you don't work for the New York Knicks or the Los Angeles Lakers anymore, that's gone. You're never going to get that back. But that's not what people really knew you for, hopefully. If they did you got a bigger problem. But you have to figure out the assets that you have and figure out no matter whether you're graduating from school, whether you're changing jobs, whether you're in the same job for 35 years, what is it that makes you you and makes you different and then how do you fit into that community and that will get you to the next level.
2: Yeah, and paying it forward, having this mindset of of paying it forward where you're helping one another in sometimes seemingly inconsequential ways that can Mm -hmm. really make a difference. Right. And it's something that I think a lot of corporate people who are transitioning out of the cocoon, shall we call it, uh, have trouble doing because they just haven't been in the position where they've needed to figure out that formula to be successful with it. But we, those of us that have done it and are doing it, know it's absolutely essential and it's a critical skill in and of itself. And then, Tom, the last
0: question I want to ask before we kind of wrap this up, um, when people come up to you and say, man... I want to do these things, but how do I ever make money? How, does, how do you deal with the money? Even the when money? We do these
2: things, you mean having a job?
0: Having a job. Well, but I even like, I, I'm used to a certain lifestyle, and I have a friend right now who just switched from a job where he was making a fortune to making less than a fortune, but he's going to be much more happy with yeah. what he's doing. He knows that now. If, you know, man, woman, child, no matter who it is, how do you go to people, especially in your career counseling, and figure out, you know, it has to be about the money at some point. Yeah. But how do you reinvent yourself and kind of keep things going along, you know, when, when it may not be the exact same thing that you were used to?
2: Yeah. Well, that's a great question. and it's, There's no easy answer and there's no universal answer. I would say that there's the question of kind of what someone, depending on their stage of life, needs to make mm. to to.
0: Or reinvent yourself to figure out what it well, is well i'm just saying
2: so, so there's everybody needs to make a certain amount of money just mm-hmm. to to live in new york or yeah. wherever um and if you're transitioning to something different where the compensation is lower then you have two choices either you learn to live on less money right. or you figure a way to supplement that income correct so you often hear the phrase and gary vaynerchuk's a big proponent of this of having the side hustle mm-hmm. how else can you make extra money so it's now very common in the millennial marketplace we'll get marisa's opinion on this in a second where uh, a lot of young people are doing multiple things. So they may work in an agency at age 23, and, gee, they're also doing SAT tutoring, or they're doing an Uber uh, driving, or what, whatever. Um, so I think this idea of side hustle, which is something, frankly, Joe, you and I didn't grow up with because we all had regular jobs that were all fairly stable and straightforward. My whole life is a side hustle. Now, <laughs> so, well, yeah, but again, yeah. we we've kind of been, we got thrust into that, relatively early yeah. professionally compared to a lot of our peers um, so I can appreciate it 100% yeah that ev- like everything's kind of a side hustle but when you mm. add it all up it's it's a real job Yeah, um, but I think I'd love to get your perspective Maurice because it seems like more young people are saying yeah I can do multiple things and they have the confidence to do it they have the skills to do it and if they have the ambition and, they, and put forth the effort, it can actually work, and then you, you get the money, perhaps, that you want.
1: So, you're, yes, I completely agree. You now see a lot more people, a lot of my friends, me included, that have multiple things that they're doing at the same time. However, I think, I think what we're going to see is, we're, especially when you're entering the marketplace, you know, you're going to start, on, on, obviously, on a lower salary, and you're going to build yourself up. So, especially in the beginning, you have these skills. So, you might work your 9-to-5 and, and give that your all, but then at the same time, you know, if if you're for instance a copywriter, help your help your help people in your in your neighborhood, you know, uh, write some stuff that, that it's that is important for them to get to you know to just check if the writing is alright. Mm-hmm. If you're if 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 you know I'm I'm going to be working in gaming but uh, I have my esports background, and I, you know, and I, one of the things I talked about with my employer is that it's really important for me that if I have a, a if I have the ability to help a non-competing company in esports that is not, that does not competing with us, that I still have the ability to do that because those are people that are part of my industry, my community, and I want to want to have ways to help them. And at the same time, it's also a side hustle. So I think you're going to see more and more people do that because, to be honest, you know. It's not attractive, especially in the sports industry. Or your entry wages aren't that high, and it's a great way to, to supplement that.
2: Joe, quick disclaimer. I mentioned this book to you a little earlier uh, before we went on, on air, so to speak. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I read about it, and it sounds really interesting and apropos to this discussion. It's a book that was just published yesterday uh, by a woman named, uh, what's her name? Um, Emily Wapnick. And it's called "How to Be Everything." We're tagging Emily in this book. Yes, in this podcast, we should. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I put her on Twitter before. Yeah. A guide for those who, parentheses, still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. And the idea is that we are looking at a different work working world. That this idea of um, being a multitasker professionally, she uses the word "multi potentialite." It's not the most elegant word, but it actually she explains it and 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 really well. At least in the initial article she wrote on Quartz uh, to to explain the to to uh, to go along with the launch of the book, really captured my imagination because it really addresses this issue of how you'd approach your career, whatever age, mm-hmm. and how you want to think about what works best for you. So some people do need that stability and certainty, and I know. I've had friends in corporate jobs who have said to me through the years, I don't know how you do what you do. I could never do something Mm -hmm. like that. And I look at them, and I say the same thing. I don't know how you're doing what you do. Uh, And that's fine. That's what makes the world go around. But everybody kind of needs to find their place in that ecosystem, and it will vary as you progress through Mm -hmm. your career. And ultimately, if we can all find the optimal spot on that continuum, that's probably the path to most... Uh, fulfillment mm-hmm. uh, in a perfect world and, and perhaps happiness. Yep. Uh, well, that's a big idea, but there's something there. Yeah.
0: And none of it's easy. And, and I, I think no, it's not easy. It's every- really hard for whatever yep. age. And, yeah. and everybody, you know, says, oh, you know, you do this and you do that and you're with all these people, but you still have that. And, and I, I, a good friend of mine, Tony Signori, who runs a firm called Taylor, and I had breakfast a couple of weeks ago and Tony and I went to school together. And I said, you know, you get that 4 a.m. Sunday night holy crap, what am I going to do? And then you, you, you know, everybody has that who's kind of in the, I think, any field really. But um, hopefully by 5 a.m. you're realizing, oh, it's it's really not that bad. And I think if you can take yourself to a place and really appreciate, you know, it sounds kind of pollyanna but the moment-by-moment the moment stuff, there's a lot of really interesting things. And the most important thing, Tom, and I think you'll agree with me, is we work in an industry, whether it's sports or media entertainment, that has great people who will help you mm-hmm. if you figure out what it is that you want to ask them to help you with?
2: Yeah, yeah. So. And also, there's a phrase I use sometimes, just to kind of dramatize the point. But mm. uh, this idea of embracing the chaos, mm-hmm. so embracing the uncertainty—that's that's a hard thing to do. And this gets into some psychology that's beyond our pay pay grade, yep. probably. But it's kind of true. Like that's—I think those are the individuals that will actually thrive the best in the modern economy mm-hmm. which is which is the disruption of which will continue apace. There's no question about it. And so I think there's gotta be that acceptance if you can find it, and it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but you can find it to accept the fact that it is going to be tumultuous, that it is a little bit chaotic and it's a little bit scary. Yep. But you can remind yourself, as you said a second ago, you got a lot of friends and colleagues and peers to help you as long as you open your mind and, and your heart to them. And if you've been a good citizen of your industry, whether you're a young person in your 20s or you're a veteran, um, that's the nice thing about being in a marketplace. like We've been fortunate in New York, where there's a really tight-knit community, uh, where lots of folks know one another. There's all kinds of events and all kinds of uh, what I'd call unofficial support groups mm-hmm. that are going on. It really helps a lot.
0: And Maurice touched on it as we kind of wrap this up. There are, pro- there are more opportunities, I think, now than ever before for you to either reinvent yourself or get yourself involved in a conversation, an industry, uh, an opportunity by getting out there. And, and as we've talked about, the value of showing up is really important. Mm-hmm. And then kind of a lot of grit, having a lot of grit. But I think if you are interested in getting a job and building a career, there's more opportunities now to reinvent yourself because you can do it through social connections, through showing up at events, through every opportunity that you have to figure out what it is that you want to do and be known as that person.
2: Yeah, it's a funny joke. Uh, just coincidentally, um, not knowing we'd be having this conversation today, Gary Vee just put out a five-minute podcast aimed at college graduates. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, yeah, college graduates, so, so the month of May where everybody's getting out of school, uh, specifically those people who don't have jobs yet and are really confused, don't know what to do. And he basically said, look, you've got to be extremely hopeful right now. You've got to be positive. There is so much opportunity out there. There is so much potential. So, you, so if, if you're uncertain about it, if you're not sure, if you're not set, don't panic, but just know that you can do really what you want to do. And again, it's a little bit of a cliche, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. There is so much opportunity out there right now. And I think if people can find... Uh, some level of comfort with that uncertainty and that a little bit of confusion that is inevitable. I think whether you're initial stage of your career coming yeah. out of college, or you're in transition after you've left ESPN mm-hmm. or or Fox or something like that, it's yeah. this it's the same feeling that's universal. And listen, the value of listening, I mean being able to tell you a story is. That's More important now than ever two before. Two years in one month, right? Thank Jim? you.
0: My grandfather said that. Taught me growing up.
2: Grandpa Favorito. Yep.
0: <laughs> Joe Sgro was his name. Anyway, all right. so we're going to wrap it up for this kind of mini cast. Uh, Maurice, once again, all your help throughout the year, and you're going to continue to help us through the summer as you go into your new yeah, position. Yeah, thanks, Maurice. It's yeah. been
2: it's been a really good run. It's really a pleasure. Appreciate all the, all the work,
0: and to all the graduates, um, the students, the parents. Who are now going through this kind of crazy uncertainty, and those who've lost jobs, and the ones who are trying to figure out what they're doing? You know, hang in there. You know, Tom and I are always available. I'm at Joe Fav. I'm at,
2: and Tom's at Convergence TR. Yeah, if you ever want to talk, yep. uh, reach out. Um, but thanks for listening. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we'll do more of these mini-casts. Should we call them mini-casts?
0: Very cathartic. Mini-sodes. Mini, 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 what do you want to call them, Maurice? Make up the word the boss. for us. Yeah. I
1: don't know. I think the mini-cast mini, mini cast is fine. I think I'll call Or maybe it. we should invent our own I think, I think I'll title yeah, this one a job-cast. Cuspette. <laughs> this is a cuspette. Cuspette. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay.
0: So. Once again, this has been the Columbia University Sports Podcast, where we talk about the business of sports. I'm Joe Favorito with my
2: co-host Tom Richardson, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University sports podcast. I'm Tom Richardson, and the host is Joe Favarito. Our production assistant this week is Columbia student Maurice Heisman. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple's podcast app, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other key platforms. You can also find it at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Cusp Show. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter underscore sports also you can find out more about our program the columbia university sports management program by going online at spscolumbiaedu forward slash sports hyphen management thank you very much we'll see you next time